morning, good people. We're at Park Inn by Radisson, and today's show is extra special. Our show today takes us through the lives of three guests. They went through something that was a little difficult, traumatic even, but they were able to rise above and they were able to create something beautiful out of it. We met three guests on three different occasions um, and it's such a wonderful, inspiring story. It's the best way to start your morning. Trust me. Now let's dive into the stories. I've got Darren Clark here with me. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, oh, such a pleasure. I'm so curious to hear more about your story. He's uh, the ambassador of the British Dyslexia Association. Yep. Um, and that's a conversation that we want to dive into right now. Absolutely. Um, and maybe you could start by hearing a little bit about your story, because I know for a while you didn't even know that you were dyslexic. So maybe you could share a bit yeah, about that. So, so for me, uh, all throughout school, um, I suppose m most of the childhood, I knew there was uh, a certain block um, and uh, I didn't know I was dyslexic until probably about six years ago actually. What? Um, yeah, so it's been quite a, uh, quite a journey. So I left school uh, with no qualifications. In school, did you ever sense that something was off? Yeah, or I you sense, just, yeah. Uh, it, not so much in uh, primary school, yeah. but definitely secondary school. Yeah. Uh, when the uh, when the lessons were getting a little bit more tougher, uh, I just didn't get it. You yeah. know, the, the teacher would say over and over and over again, and I would tend to go home from school with a headache and not really mm. understanding what it was. And so I knew there was a bit of a block somewhere, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, a lot of the time the teacher would just put me in a separate room uh, with a colouring in book um, to occupy me rather than put me through uh, lessons, which subsequently meant that I left with no right. qualifications. Right. So what were some of the signs that you exhibited early on? Yeah, I think it was just um, uh, sort of uh, exhaustion, um, frustration uh, in the sense of that the more I tried to concentrate on something, the more I wouldn't be able to concentrate. Um, I think the signs were... Um, if I get quite tired, then the, the letters on the page would start moving around, which okay. as a, a young child, it was quite quite scary, I suppose. Right. It was a bit, bit strange. Right. So I'm curious to know, like in that moment when you're seeing the letters moving around, did, did you share with anyone? No, um, I didn't. And um, I, I suppose the because uh, I, I didn't really know what was going on. You know, I would go home from school with, like I said, with, with headaches and frustration and not really understanding why I didn't get it, which made school in, um, you know, qu quite tricky. Um, I attended every day, um, but but uh, there was never really the, the same thing. The same thing happened every single day. I would try, not really get it. The teachers wouldn't understand it. Yeah. So subsequently, it was quite tricky. So how, how did that affect your relationship with um, with school, with learning, and 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 also moving out of your school and continuing into the yeah. workspace? Yeah. So so like I said, school I found really difficult I would just uh, the frustration of walking into a classroom not um, knowing that you're going to be succeeding in that lesson being put in a separate room and given a color and in book to do so so I was quite quite happy to leave school right but um but when I left school uh, leaving school with no qualifications is quite tricky to get yeah. um, any job right um, so subsequently I got my first job um, 12 hours a week in a supermarket pushing trolleys wow um, right which was uh, it, after 17 application forms that I had to fill in um, and you kept getting rejected because you had no qualifications even for uh, you know any job um, right. you would need certain qualifications but right. I kept getting rejected yeah. and luckily enough I managed to get my 17th application which was a 12 hour a week yeah. um, trolley job. And, and I can only imagine the kind of um, uh, blow it sort of takes on your on your confidence and just yeah. feeling that you are you can 
do it and at least as, especially when it's not diagnosed and you don't understand what it is yeah. so so tell me about the time that you then you know six years ago realized what it is that um, I then uh, fell in love with retail uh, because it was more hands-on rather than book studying um, and managed to progress my career in different retailers and got to a very sort of senior level within the corporate industry. Uh, but, but I got to a level where I couldn't um, grow anymore. For me, it's all about learning. So I wake mm. up like a sponge every day trying, mm. to, trying to absorb something. So, um, so I left that and started my own business. Um, which was a, subsequently a cleaning round. So we're, we're the, the spotless group. Spotless group. Um, spotless and then we've got group. spotless domestic cleaning, uh, spotless commercial cleaning. So right. we've kept everything simple. I love, yeah. I love simple. <laughs> um, but, but there was always a, a block. But the, the diagnosis of dyslexia was uh, one afternoon I was watching a television program and there was a lady that ran a floristry business and she was being interviewed by, uh, by the, uh, the TV channel. And... Um, she was mentioning uh, signs about her dyslexia and she was saying she was more creative and that's why she set up her own business and she used to find school frustrating with the letters moving around and wow. uh, going home with headaches and it was just a, like a little click in my head and I was thinking, goodness, I know, uh, you know, that, that's similar. So, so then I started Googling dyslexia, researching it and then I went in and got tested. Wow. Um, but once I got tested, I, I didn't, it was almost like, ah, yeah, I, I get right. it. And then... Yeah, I was actually going to ask you what was that like when you finally found out what it was. It was it was um, a great it was a great relief in yeah. one aspect, um, but but the other side, I, you know, and I, I I don't like to ponder on on the you know on the past and stuff. But I was thinking, had I maybe if I'd been diagnosed, that I probably would have had more support, or but then I probably wouldn't have been is um, had that fighting me as, as much and wanted to, right. to you know to yeah. progress so yeah. um so i'm happy it's been diagnosed so i can now spread the word about right. it but i you know i cherish the stuff that i did on my own without being diagnosed as well if that makes sense mm -hmm. and then of course you then uh, became the ambassador for uh, yes. bda can you can you share what that role means yes uh, and you know some of the the things that you have on your docket now that you're the, the ambassador yeah no no absolutely so so th this this thing in, in, in meeting yourself as well all came from a couple of months ago so i um i've spoken to over fifty thousand students over the past seven years in schools on entrepreneurship business and now dyslexia um, from schools, colleges, youth projects. Uh, and I thought I wanted to take the message further afield. Um, so I, uh, I sat there one evening and put together a bit of a profile and uh, an email campaign, so to speak, and yeah. emailed 76, 76 different organizations all the way across the world. Okay. And um, uh, Phyllis uh, from Kenya, um, delightful, came back and, yeah. uh, and invited me to the country to speak at this event. But one of the other things as well is the British Dyslexia Association came back and said we'd love you to get involved with conferences and I was invited to the, to, to the House of Lords to sit in one of their meetings. Oh, wow. um, so that was fantastic. And then I met with, with Helen, the CEO. Uh, we, we sat down and she said, look, how do you want to help this organisation? And I said, well, I want to be able to share the, the amazing things that you're doing. Right. So we put together a project um, and she said we, we'd love to um, to have you as a, an ambassador for us so you can help share the you know the, the great word. Yeah right and, and and now that you know all that you know right about dyslexia um, what are some of the things or, or ways that parents can really help support their children yeah. or, or even be able to pick this out in their children before they even know what's happening with themselves? Absolutely know? and and you know 
dyslexia in the UK, I mean, I, I, there's still so much work they need to be doing in schools and, and workplaces as well. But I think it's just understanding that, the, the, you know, from a, from a parent's point of view with the child is that trying to understand it, if they can get diagnosed, it'd be fantastic early on. Yeah. But understanding that it's just, it's, it's not a learning difficulty in that sense. It's just something that we learn differently. So for me, I'm more visual um, than I am, you know, writing things down. So, so if if they can they will get if they they've got a chosen task to do they will get there it's just a case of they may have to go around the houses um, to get there so it's just understanding how that person you can get the best out of that person um, and and some of the barriers it you know and work when you can work I'm a morning person so I'm up really early and I'm answering emails and working but if I was to sit down on my laptop at eight o'clock at night it would take me nearly an hour to send an email with just a, a few words right and I would normally I'd running a business you'd fight against that right. um, so you'd, I've got to do this email I've yeah. got to do this email but now I just shut the the laptop down go for a walk re re-energize and right. then come back and, and, and tackle yeah. it so it's it's not about trying to fit them into this mold and, and sort of force them into this structured way of learning but, but understanding how to to, to sort of work with them. And I think that's difficult because if you look at the school system, especially in the UK, you have, uh, you know, the hours between nine and three and you're told, you, you know, you go in for an hour and you learn English, you go in for another hour, you learn maths. And, and sometimes with dyslexia, it doesn't work that way. You right. can't just switch from one subject to another subject to another subject. And that's why they find it a little bit difficult. Right. So, it's, so then how can educators play a role in making sure that um, that they are patient, but also impactful when it comes to, you know, teaching someone with, with dyslexia? How, how, how do they do that? It's incredibly difficult. I mean, I think teaching is, is, is a fantastic uh, thing to do, but again, really difficult. If you think you have a, a classroom of, say, 20 students and, you know, you have a percentage of people that get it, you, you'll put the task out and they'll get it. And then, uh, you know, then you have another percentage of people that need a little bit of support. But then right. if you throw a child in there with dyslexia, it throws the whole thing out. Yeah. So it's more a case of supporting the teachers with understanding how to deal with um, someone with dyslexia, giving them more of say visual tasks or um, just just having that conversation and finding, you know, what points do they find it overwhelming? And that's one of the things that I found. I, if I'm doing lots of different things at once, I find it so overwhelming that I would rather just know, you know, and push it back. Right. So, so I think there, there, there needs to be more education in schools to help teachers right. um, okay. with, with, with the teaching side of it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, any last words as we wrap up? Anything that you, you'd like to share with someone who either has dyslexia, and you never know, there could be someone who's watching and for them it clicks like, oh gosh, how he's described in his childhood is exactly how I grew up. And yeah. so is there anything that you'd want to share? So yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're, if, if so school for me didn't work um, in that sense. I didn't, um, like I said, I didn't leave with any qualifications. However, that didn't stop me becoming into a senior manager role within a corporation and then setting up my own several businesses as well so I think it's find something that you're passionate about so yeah. find something that you 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 can do w with ease right. um, but but and 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 you know share your story and, and talk to talk to people and find out what those those barriers are and, and trust yeah. me they're not as big keep things very very simple um, and, and you'll really succeed um, you know proven 
Look at you. <laughs> Look at Darren, exactly. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you enjoy your time in Kenya. It's Darren's first time in Kenya, yes, by the way. Yes, it is, um, yes. I know you've been to a couple of places, um, Elephant Sanctuary, Giraffe Center. Hope yes. you get to enjoy the, the country a little bit more. Yeah, no, definitely. Really. I'll definitely, definitely be back. It's been uh, had a fantastic welcome, so oh, thank you so much. Oh, lovely, lovely. Thank you, Darren. Um, we've got to take a break, but we'll be back in a moment.